Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the show. We'll talk more Pelicans in hour number two. Also, Ollie Cosell, the Bird Rice, is going to join us. That Anthony Davis, David Griffin meeting going off today. Nothing has changed again, according to multiple reports coming out. Anthony Davis still wants out. Um, lots of Drew Brees in the news today. We're also going to go out to Vegas, talk a little Saints as they rise in the Vegas future odds in the NFC, they're now favorites to make the Super Bowl in a couple of sites I saw. But first, I wanted to bring on in Steve Court, my buddy and co-host on Saints Game Day's Fans First Take every Saints Game Day, also former Saints offensive lineman. Steve's and on Twitter, at Saint60. And Steve, what's going on tonight, man? How are you? Hi, good. How are you doing, buddy? I'm great. Are you good? you got to be good. This is the This is the time of year I know you always get jacked for. Well, it is. I mean, it's sort of exciting just because I think the Saints are sitting in such a good, you know, a position at this point. Um, you know, I, they're they're sitting on go. I mean, the last two years have been <laughs> utter disappointments just from the standpoint of of two plays. But um, take those away, and you know, we've been in the Super Bowl for the last two years. So um, I expect a, uh, sort of a carbon copy of that, except uh, minus the mistake. Does that stick in the craw of the players? Does it affect them negatively, positively when you have two straight years, when you have you know, ultimate miracles happen both years for their opponents to advance? Uh, in the um, I, I, I don't think it does. I think it, I think there's a reminder of it every now and then, but I don't think it, it affects them negatively. Um, if anything, it, it probably is sort of a positive thing that you can draw on and say, look, it's not over until it's over, and we know that, strange, strange things happen, you know, case in point the past two years. So uh, we just keep playing our game the way we know how to play it. And, uh, and hopefully um, <laughs> the officiating will get better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know any other way to put it than that. I, mean, I really don't because it really wasn't uh, – we didn't lose either of those games. It was a uh, – you know, one guy made a – you know, made a catch a couple of years ago. And, and other than that, yeah, we missed a tackle. But other than that um, – you know, we missed last year because it was a, it was a, it was terrible. It was a terrible call, and everybody knows it was. It wasn't that call, but a mistake. It was a terrible mistake. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Some, one that I don't think anybody down here is really going to get over from a fan's perspective. Now, if you and I keep talking about it for a while, um, it certainly will get me in sort of a bad mood. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, let's move on to a position uh, battle that I know you're going to be watching uh, with. Uh, high intrigue, and that's the one at center to replace Max Unger. You got the rookie Eric McCoy. You've got Nick Easton here. You got Cameron Tom. We'll clap on this roster, man. What are you seeing? What are you thinking so far? You know, I'll say this. You know, I think as good a player as, as we hope that McCoy is going to be, and and I think that's why they drafted him. And you know, all things point to that. But you know what? He, uh, you don't know. Um, you don't know how how fast he's going to assimilate into this league, and how fast he's going to sort of pick things up now by all accounts, uh, you know, he's way above schedule. Okay. But at the same time, 
um, things change when, when you start playing, you know, preseason games and, and then obviously get into the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if Easton isn't a guy that is sort of starts the season off, uh, certainly in that, in that center starting role. Um, just because I think the experience uh, at this point, he has, he has that. And, and that is a, that's a big, that's a big, that's a big difference, you know, at this point, especially coming as a rookie, you're, you know, your head's spinning around anyway, and you're trying to figure out this game and how it um, is such a, a different game uh, intellectually than it was in college. And at the same time, you're having to, you know, figure out what this pro football thing is all about. And I think, you know, obviously I think that he'll adjust to that. You know, the good ones always do, but um at this juncture, I think the fact that, that Easton's been there and he's started games before, you know, and, you know, he just has that experience. I think that, that first and foremost is something that, that, um, that makes me feel good from the standpoint of we don't have a guy in there that's completely fresh. Does Cameron Tom's familiarity with Drew Brees matter at all here? Uh, I know it matters some. I guess that's the wrong way to phrase it. How much does it matter when, you know, Easton McCoy, they don't have that familiarity with the quarterback? Well, it's going to help some. There's no question about it. That also gives him, uh, you know, a kind of a leg up from the standpoint of of um, of playing, you know, in this offense, knowing the offense better than those other two players know. Uh, from the standpoint of playing it on the field, not just playing it, you know, in the in the playbook, but playing it on the field. So, yeah, I think that had, that goes a long way. Now, um, again, whether or not those two other guys, and I'm speaking of the rookie McCoy and and then Easton, um, are going to be able to you know, sort of jump up real quickly and be able to, to you know, both of those guys I know are bright, and I know this Easton guy is a Harvard guy, so he's got to be bright. But, um, you know, whether or not that translates to, to him being able to uh, to put that into playing uh, smart is, is another story. So we'll figure that out uh, once they start putting gear on. It's kind of hard to tell right now with, you know, everybody's sort of still running around their underwear out there. It's not – there's nobody that's, you know, that's able to really – uh, you can't do anything physical out there uh, very much. So it, it, a lot of it is uh, it, concentrated on footwork and, and, and making sure that you're picking up the right guy and, and really using all your technique to the best of your ability that you can with hand placement and pad level and, and, and footwork and uh, you know, the correct calls and all the things that can, be, that can be improved upon without the physical part of it. And that really is sort of what becomes pro football practice after training camp is over with because there's really not too many uh, padded practices that they have during the season to where you can practice the physical stuff anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Steve Court with this former Saints offensive lineman. Are you buying the hype around Jared Cook, Steve? Well, I hope to be. I'm sort of buying it. I mean, I, I've seen him before, and I'm always he's one of those guys that I've watched for the past couple of years thinking, man, he, he's, this guy's a really good athlete and a, and a great football player, and he's right on the verge of being – you know, in that top sort of that top echelon of tight ends in the league. And, and then there's, for some reason, there's this injury or some, some inconsistency or, and I think a lot of it has to do with who he was playing with. You know, they, they, it's not like, um, you, know, you can't tell me that, um, that Carr is, is a quarterback that's in, in the Drew Brees level. Right. Uh, so I think that, you know, given that um, it, it's really not his fault, but at the same time, He's always been a guy that I thought was right on the verge of breaking out. And I know the way that Sean Payton loves to do tight ends and, and, and the things and the creativity does he, that he uses with that position. 
is something that uh, you know Jared Cook ought to be really just loving this. And and now that Drew Brees has a guy that's you know a bona fide big time athlete at that at that position, um, it's going to be good for him as well. Yeah, you rarely have heard uh, unanimous raves on a player this early in the season as we heard uh, last week with Jared Cook. Um, Steve, can I hold you through this quick break? I got a couple other questions. Yeah, sure. I guess. Yep. All right, 60 yep. seconds here for CBS News. It's Steve Court on the line with us, former Saints offensive lineman, as we discuss the Saints offseason here on The Last Lap. Talking a little Saints here to open the show with Steve Court, former Saints offensive lineman and co-host on Saints Fans First Take on Saints Game Days. That's usually about four hours before game time in the fall. And Steve put two position groups that they didn't really upgrade uh, this offseason. I think most fans and onlookers were surprised that they did not. was the wide receiver position, but also the linebacker position. Two groups that outside of the two stars there, Michael Thomas and Demario Davis, lacked a little bit of production. Were you surprised at all about that? And then, of course, um, are you concerned at all about those groups heading into the season? I'm not concerned about really either of them, and and because I think we have the depth, I think we have the we have the players at each of those positions that are that are there now, and I don't think there's you know that we need any additions from either you know free agency or you know picking somebody else up. Now they'll always do that because that's what good teams do is they you know they constantly are scouting and looking to upgrade positions. So if if you know this preseason rolls around as it's going to pretty quickly here that there'll be guys that they feel like are better than the players that they have uh, in those backup positions out there. And they'll say, Hey, you know, if this guy can, you know, fill in on the special teams aspect of it, as well as, as we think he's a better linebacker with more experience uh, and he's not going to break the bank. Um, you know, he's a good citizen. He checks off all the boxes that we, that, that sort of Sean Payton and the Mickey Loomis, you know, and the algorithm they figured out, you know, on the players to pick, then then that'll be something they'll do. But if not, you know, we'll have the players there you know, in hand that I think of, you know, if we can keep those guys healthy. It always seems like we get a run in a certain position uh, of health issues. You know, and in the past couple yeah. of years, it's been offensive line where we start the year off, you know, both times just, you know, decimated from day one um, and worked our way back to health. But, you know, never had to, we have, I think, but other than, say maybe you know four or five games that we have guys that with the five starters that started that those five you know starting games so um you know and that from that point on it's it's mix and match um and i think the same was sort of true with the linebackers uh you know in the past couple of years they've sort of had some some injuries there but certainly had an upgrade last year with, with the acquisitions that we had yeah, no doubt uh, about it. Uh, the news today that, that speaking of you know algorithms on picking players, well, from a draft perspective, that's uh, Terry Fontenot. He's got a big hand in that, and the director of pro scouting for the Saints. And, and word emerged today that he's now a, a candidate and apparently a very serious candidate for the New York Jets general manager job. Uh, how big of a loss would that be, um, Steve? Well, look, this that would be a big loss. There's no question because uh, valuable personnel guys um, – I mean that that's sort of where it's made, you know what I mean? It's 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 like it uh for lack of a better term, it's it's recruiting in the National Football League. Because if you've got guys out there that are that are constantly looking at other teams and, and scouting you know, all the players that they can and then they're realizing that um, you know, there's upgrades here and upgrades there and this is the kind of guy that uh, we're looking for and like I said before, it, you know, he checks those boxes off that are you know, required to be you know, in the Saints organization, I think that 
those guys are hard to find um, because some got one guy's evaluation of talent is different than another. And so at the end, you really never know until you sort of see the end product. A lot of times that has to do with obviously the player and has to do with some other things, some luck and some, you know, injury situations and whatnot. But for the most part, you know, when that guy comes in, you know, whether he's a free agent acquisition or a draft pick, um, they pretty much know exactly who they're getting. And I think it's, um, you know, obviously people change when they get into this situation. But uh, first and foremost, I think that they realize that if this guy can help us win, um, then it's somebody that we're interested in. Well, yeah, here we go, Steve. we got a couple more days of OTAs, and then we get, what, a t- I guess a two-week summer vacation, and then it's uh, back in action. <laughs> that's pretty much what our summer that's break it. has kind of devolved yeah, into. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be out there joining that team uh, again in, uh, in uh, mid-June. So um, I'm looking forward to that again. That gives me a whole different perspective on, on you know, looking at, at our guys anyway, um, up close, first and foremost, you know, and watching them firsthand. So, um, I can learn how these guys, you know, some of them, you know, how they're assimilating into the, you know, the team and, and, and other guys, have, you know, leadership qualities, things like that, like things that you can't normally see. Um, you know, I'm able to sort of glean a lot of that out of there. And it certainly helps me, uh, you know, I'm looking at guys going through the year. Yep, and I know we're going to have you on to talk about that when it happens. Uh, Steve Quartz at Sync60 on Twitter, a former Saints offensive line. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks so much. Seth, I'll see you later. All right, there he goes. Just the the uh, sultry tones of Steve Court. I was trying to come up with a good adjective there because I always use the same ones. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. Uh, check on the Stanley. I should have asked, uh, what was I doing? I should have asked Court about the, the Stanley Cup the finals series. He's a huge hockey guy. What was I doing? That was a, that was a missed opportunity. Uh, Bruins and Blues tied 2-2 in the first period, so high-scoring game there. 5.05 left in the first. Of course, Boston up one nothing in that series. It'll shift back to St. Louis for Game 3. If you're wondering about the NBA Finals, they start tomorrow. No Kevin Durant in that one, and that game will be in Toronto. Toronto has home court advantage in the NBA Finals. So if that game goes 7, they'll get 4 out of the 7 games there. I don't know if a lot of people actually expect that to happen, although the hot take artists today heard a lot of them. Um, jumping on the, the Toronto bandwagon outright to win the series outright. I don't know about all that. I love, I love Kawhi. I love what's going on up there like I laid out yesterday. I don't know about this Toronto becoming a favorite in that series. But when I come back, hey, I'll ask Ralph Michaels about it out in Vegas because uh, he knows what Vegas thinks, and we'll do that. And also the Saints, like I said, rising in the NFL futures odds to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So Ralph Michaels makes his return to the program of wagertalk.com when we come back next here on The Last Lap. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. 